So the full establishment of mindfulness is uh, encouraged, exhorted by the Buddha. And uh, to remember mindfulness is a kind of concentrating quality. I said, you know, you're mindful of breathing but not concentrating on it. Um, just to differentiate because these words can mean different things so it's not just a blind or a kind of fixed stare um, fixed stare, fixed you know, gaze upon something it's much more uh, attuned, sensitive to, to functions, to ward off it's like mindfulness with mindfulness you throw a, throw a loop around an experience so it's your body, your thoughts your actions in the kitchen, your chores, that's, that's the area. Yeah. And don't be distracted from that. And stay within that. So then qualities of restlessness or ill will or whatever, the mind drifting away, you, you keep checking that, re-establishing your frame of reference. Uh, that re-establishment, of course, can be informed. Oh, now it's the time to actually change the frame of reference. So it's, uh, you know, I need to be aware of in a wider frame of reference or pause, check. So you're constantly re- re-establishing and the ability to re-establish and to moderate uh, one's frame of reference. So it's not this kind of fix, fixation. And uh, I think this comes with this term, ekagata, one-pointedness. But one-pointed means, really means something like one has a purpose in mind, and the purpose is purification. You know, and you're gathering together in one particular domain, and you're purifying. That's the function of mindfulness, is to purify. So that means we have to understand you know, what impurity is. Not just to be puritanical, but recognize all these qualities cause problems, stress, contaminations. Yeah. And these qualities are bright. So the other aspect of mindfulness is you collect around what is skillful, uh, fortifying, nourishing, calming, and you listen into those. So it's these twofold aspects. It shields or it repels and it uh, uh, sustains purification Mm -hmm. the Buddha's recommendation when your virtue is straight your virtue purify your virtue uh, when the view is straight you establish mindfulness Mm. so you know something comes before that uh, and process what comes before it is right view, right attitude or right aim, some sankapo and these have to be considered through qualities such as careful attention, yoni somri sikara or wise reflection, however you want to call it you consider something uh, is this my welfare or not? is this blameworthy? does this cause problems? is this negligent? Um, cause and effect, right view. This praise by the wise.
recognizing some qualities aren't. So, okay, good. Good to know that. It's not about setting up a whole interrogation in a negative way, just sort of like that. Because all these are just conditions. We absorb negative conditions, confused views. Okay, now you know it, you, you let go of it. You can't really let go of it until you know it. Not, not a brainwashing. There's <laughs> been brainwashing and purifying the heart. Is <laughs> uh, purifying your heart is from your own understanding and initiative. But the guidance is there, very broadly speaking. Some are some couple um, inclination towards uh, unhooking from the compulsive uh, reaction towards sense data gratification unhooking from the compulsive gratifying uh, attitude intention towards sights and sounds and touches and thoughts and tastes and so forth doesn't mean we don't notice we don't gratifying the kind of open clearer response to sights sounds touches Um, non-aversion which uh, recoils is averse aversive negative towards ourselves towards others no this is not suitable it's an uninformed response to experience it's a panic response it's kind of hit something but you know Something negative, something you don't like arises, get negative about it. Well, then you've had two forms of suffering. <laughs> you know, the unpleasant experience and neg- mental negativity. So this makes it double. Unpleasant experience, okay, don't uh, get contaminated by it. Sustain your mindfulness somewhat skillful. Don't get involved with it. Cruelty or callous, becoming different, who cares? Withdrawal of empathy, withdrawal of concern. So these are all corruptions of, our, of intention, wrong intention. And these are, this is very significant because intention. Uh, is the leader of the sankara. These are the programs and attitudes that form our mind, formulate the mind. They don't form the mind, but they formulate it. They program it into certain psychologies, habits, patterns, drives, urges, no-go areas, dead spots. So this is a, quite a big deal, really. The big deal, actually, sankara. Conditioning, heart conditioning, psychological conditioning. And we've become that. We've become that so much so that it's difficult to not hate it but release it. And this is again a function of sati, is that we begin to focus on whole, skillful intention, steadily. So that the 
food of unskillful intention is, is deprived. The current, the connections, the unskillful intentions is cut off because you're maintaining skillful ones, wholesome ones, sustaining ones, uh, fortifying things that make the mind strong. And so this is the purifying effect, purifying practice. And this is very much the essence of most of cultivation hindrances, five hindrances, the three uh, outflows, asava, latent tendencies. It seems dismal <laughs> when there's all this list of the things that are wrong. But actually it's just being brutally honest or not really brutally honest, but being awakenly honest to it. There is stuff. But the Buddha could reveal it because there's a recognition. I only teach you this because you can overcome it. I wouldn't teach you if you couldn't overcome it, but you can. And sati is called the flood stopper, that which stops these flushes, these inflows of uh, aversion, uh, craving sense, desire, restlessness, agitation of various kinds. Uh, To look on the positive side, in doing that, in just doing that, in sustaining that, it naturally uh, gives rise or allows the space for enlightenment factors to arise, of which it is the leader of the alignment factors. You clear the ground of the weeds, and the sati is the leader. Qualities such as um, investigation become natural, uh, energy, uh, rapture, joyfulness, calming, and samadhi. So samadhi comes in as a result of clearing the hindrances, when the mind is no longer Flooded by these things, and its nature is settled. Samadhiati, it is settled in itself. And that's what we call right concentration. The mind is settled in itself. And it's somewhat mysterious for an untrained person. Because an untrained person doesn't know the mind in itself. Untrained mind only knows the conditioned sankharas and the idea of dropping a few is a bit difficult for start and then difficult to 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 cultivate you know. so often what occurs in people the idea of just stopping and sitting still for a while even just that amount of stopping the mind tips into dullness or restlessness to energies it doesn't got a sustaining energy because it's so uh, been so programmed into these outgoing energies of uh, getting things done and getting on with this and having this and planning that and quarreling about that. It's almost like all the energy of the mind has been running down those tracks. So when you try to arrest it, it just goes into these dead places. And this is really an important uh, 
need to acknowledge, again, to be honest with one's capacities. You know, we can come into simple slogans, just stop doing, let go. Yeah. But what most likely is you, you stop doing, you know, you, and you, you tumble into chaotic, um, confused states. Because the ground isn't purified yet. And so with mindfulness, right intention, establishing mindfulness on the body, on feeling, which includes perceptions, um, things that we get immediate effect that we have, feeling pleased or displeased or threatened or welcomed, mindfulness of that, mindfulness of particular uh, states that the mind is, is running through or running through the mind and mindfulness in terms of the factors that support those states, good or bad. And quite a bit of um, handholds there. It's not just jump into, sit still, let everything go. You may be lucky. <laughs> but, but often the case you go, let go into either dullness or some rather dissociated state. But instead we, we have these handholds or ropes, you know, things you can hold on to body. Very simple. You know, if you're deconstructing this complexity of the mind, it's like a descending from the complexity of the surface circumstantial mind with time and space and identities and projects. And you're going deep beneath that You've got a rope to lower yourself down. The big one of these is body. Something there to test yourself with, anchor with. It's not that remote. It's not a matter of opinion. It's incredibly simple in some ways. But it does uh, help to check the energy of the mind, intention of the mind, which is always running on to the next. Very simply speaking, if you're in here, you think, oh, let's go to the kitchen. Mind is probably already in the kitchen. (laughs) The body has to get up, get to its feet, open a door, walk along, open another door, feel the cool, the birds, yeah. feel the coolness, and get into the kitchen. So that's reality, isn't it? The mind just next, and then oh well, I'm doing that. I can plan for tomorrow next. This run away and body tether. One of the similes used for mindfulness is like a post that you stick into the ground, ram it down, and you tie the senses, the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, and the thinking to that post so they can't run away. The mindfulness of the body is a very good, uh, simple, earthy post. Restraining factor.
And uh, when we cultivate this with that wise attention, we say, well, let's not we put aside the outward appearance of the body, sensory description of the body, ideas about we have about what we look like, and you repel those, and you focus on body presence in certain ways. Which, uh, for example, the elements, the firmness, the earth element, the warmth or lack of it, the vitality, lack of it, the uh, movement, breathing, air, and the cohesiveness of the body, water. So these are pretty simple forms. When you sit, is the body firm or rigid? So it's moderating. Your intention in meditation to establish, properly establish body, that's a skill. So it's not a matter really of uh, outward appearance, but how your body feels most balanced. And that balance is, is it all there, you know? You've got a dead spot in your chest. Your shoulders hunched up. Can you feel your feet? Energy often gets constricted. Can you breathe out properly? Is your diaphragm tight? Your face, keeping the face loose. Thinking mind tends to constrict the face around the eyes and the forehead can they be loose relaxed so you're establishing the proper uh, foundation and we check in how firm it needs to be vitality is there and it's all one thing it's a unified body of course, you know, you can go into that with incredible amount of refinement. But that's again a matter of choice, opinion, inclination. You can keep checking that. It gives your mind something to do that is skillful. Intention that is not about obsessiveness, gratification, but actually a skillful piece of... of uh, Yoga, if you like. It's only in good stead because if the body is established properly, it by itself it tends to allay, neutralize, or ward off fundamental hindering qualities such as dullness. Body is bright and open, so energy can travel between the Lower body, the belly, chest, throat, head, easily. Across the chest, open. Then you don't feel this heavy, slothful quality. And that's a big weight off the mind. If the body is properly grounded, the legs are relaxed on the ground, fingers are relaxed, face is relaxed, chest is open, 
You're aware of your spine and your back, and you're sustaining that. Restlessness, agitation, doesn't take over. Or if it has taken over, you refer to the entire frame of the body. The restlessness, the agitation will, will tend to diffuse and dissipate. You've created a kind of a, a field through which that energy can run and drain. If it's not energized enough, it's stagnant and stale, you've created a, a holding frame which within which energy can begin to pick up. Yeah. And the primary, um, more refined, um, of course you can do body sweeping. But the more spot on body modifier is breathing. Because if you're doing, if you've got the idea of you want to release that tension, then you're always creating the person as a doer. The doing mind, I want to have a nice, completely happy body, I'm going to make it this way, that way. This is like, you know, putting a seed in the ground for an apple tree and saying, right, I'm going to make that tree grow. Put the seed in the ground, I'm going to keep poking away to make that thing grow. As if the earth and the seed have no intelligence. <laughs> but instead, if you use breathing... The body knows breathing. Breathing is the life force, pana. And that will, if the body basically do the job of holding the body open and having the breathing travel completely through the body, both its, its air but also its energy, its vitality, it will tend to uh, moderate the, the body and balance it. Uh, Yeah, that's that's you know, one of the features of mindfulness of breathing. Uh, you hold the whole body, and it begins in the lower belly with a kind of pulling, and then gradually, successively, the abdomen opens, the diaphragm rises, the chest opens, the throat opens. And if your head is relaxed, the head can open, and you get the full vitalizing effect of the inhalation. And the exhalation, you get the full releasing effect of the exhalation. Of course, there are other ways in which you cultivate harmony in the body, walking meditation, where you get the sense of the movement of the body through space itself also has a balancing effect. These are your standard themes. And with this then, mindfulness is checking the idea of going forward, next, and next, and next, and I could get to this stage, and if I do this, I'll get to that, and I, if only I could get to that, it stops that. It says, stop that intention, that running forward, that's bhava, yeah, or trying to annihilate things, be bhava. Instead, sustain the present, and open the present. This is a skillful intention, intention, Established with mindful mindfulness. It doesn't go forward, it doesn't anticipate. Because of that, it's fully collected in the present. And uh, we are fully collecting the present. <laughs> we don't want to be collected in our present nightmare, but actually collected in our present health. So we're tuning into something, the body much more simple, yeah, much less complex, 
much less distorted than the mind gets. So you see that. Where you go into the mind, can be all kinds of stuff going on that you barely really understand. Opinions about yourself, views about others, fears, depression, doubt. I mean, this is there, but you don't want to go into it. So establishing, keep away from that uh, until you really have a good working basis. And the citta, the heart, mind has been strengthened and given confidence by just being feeling the presence of a steady body and checking in these intentions to complicate, analyze, go forward, go backwards, become something, rush on to the next thing. Just present. Sati. And something we begin to, you know, dwell in something rather marvellous. Untrained mind doesn't really know there's something beyond Sankara. You know, something beyond going forward and making this happen and playing the next thing. They don't really even know that, or they dread what happens if the music stops and we go nuts. And maybe they would. I remember reading about a, an experiment they did years ago. I think this was in Boston, Massachusetts. They're just getting people off the street. All they had to do was sit on a chair for 15 minutes and not have a phone or a book, a screen, just sit there for 15 minutes. And um, the only thing they had was a little button you, you could push pushed a button, they gave themselves a, a mild electric shock. And some people pushed that button 60 times in 15 minutes because not having to do was that bad. So they weren't asked to meditate or be nice, just sit there. Even that was too much because the mind not going forward has collapsed into who knows what, you know. Restlessness, doubt, negativity, fear. Oof, yeah. yeah. We need a rope to know what you need. It's not a failure, it's, it's, it's wisdom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, one needs restraint, not in a harsh way, but in a kindly way. One needs something to be guided by. And here we're not imposing a control system, but just the presence of the body. You don't have to be good at it, just because mindfulness, you return, you return, you return, you return. It's got that capacity. You return, you return, you return. Every time you return, you by doing that, you've let go of a current that's sweeping you out. To let go of it for a few seconds even is good. It weakens it. You keep cutting that thread. And it keep 
flicking the power switch off, eventually the, the voltage goes down. And naturally, we can introduce other qualities into that. Uh, one interesting, uh, uh, somewhat surprising statements the Buddha said, he said, well, if you maintain loving kindness for the length it takes you to snap your fingers, then you've got jhana. And this is quite intriguing because normally people jhana you sit there for two or three hours and really, really, and then you finally, no, just with one finger snap, you've got a quality of goodwill. What's he saying? For that one moment, you've skillfully engaged and deepened into something beyond a habit. Now, I mean, this is, say, not by any means the end of the path, but at least you've got some sense this is what we're talking about. Uh, and then with mindfulness, you do it again. With mindfulness, you do it again. And, uh, you know, beauty in the body is it's not that refined. And it sustains itself. You don't have to think something. You know, all you do is placing vitaka, place your attention, place it, vitaka, and sense what you're placing it on, vichara, place it. Breathing out. You can use a word, breathing out, or not a word, just place it. So you get the aha. Uh huh, uh huh, and then sense it. Ah, ah. And that's that's it, really. Sati, and through that, this uh, quality of uh, sampajano mindfulness makes this uh, when it's established. And sampajano opens up, which is called what. <laughs> number of things, but if you look at the word, it's uh, some means fully, pa means thoroughly, fully, thoroughly knowing, jano, knowing, fully, thoroughly knowing, something like that, or complete knowing, or fully, directly knowing. And that's a, that's a capacity that arises uh, when sati is doing its work. Instead of the mind holding on to something and adding could be, should be, why do I have to, and is it not, what will happen next? Yeah. When it holds on to something, instead of doing all that, you go, uh-huh. That's Sampajano. Mm. We recognize you know, that the mind is not just the babble of thoughts and the, and the turmoil of emotions. It's a knowing quality that becomes available. And this really is a tremendous uh, foundation for one's faith. Once you've had that, realize that, that is a big, big mark, a big foundation for one's faith because something you know, how how crazy it gets, how strange it gets, how baffling it gets. It could be known. There is this possibility that that there could be a 
Uh huh. That's that. End of story. That could be possible. Where we're not overwhelmed, flooded, caught captivated. How do I do it? How do I do it? Just take your time. And uh, all unskillful states arise through loss of virtue, loss of right attitude, and loss of mindfulness of body. And mindfulness of body is held to be rather like the ocean into which all skillful states run like rivers. Collects it. And as that's cultivated, then you begin to see who is the agitation. Agitation, restless, and it's just how that is, and what's happening in the chest or the throat or the skin, through the eyes, fingers, breathing in, breathing out, opening those up. Heavy, dull, sleepy. What's happening in the back, spine? Bring your attention there. Earthed, firm, established. And all the stories that go with that suddenly melt like snow. All the self-view about melts like snow. That's the property of sati. It's the yeah, we don't have to know who we are or what we are or keep creating who we are and could be and should be and how we're not like him or her. We just have to drop that sankara and find skillful ways to do that. And again, relying on sati to uh, breathing helps to educate your mindfulness because it is a changing phenomenon. It flows along. You can't be fixated. Buddha likened it to holding a bird. Not too tight, not too loose. Just a gentle loop around that flow. And of course, you tend to drop it, slip away or strangle it or trying to push it, you know, get better at it. No, 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 just hold it. It will get better by itself if you keep relaxing these unskillful intentions, self-views. It will steady by itself. Steadies. There's a release, deep release, shifting, deconstruction of mental complexity, then there's something for the jitta to settle into, settling into itself, into its steady knowingness, which we call samadhi. So let's take some time for 
direct practice. 